you've found rebirth. My name is Kate Breton. Thank you so much for finding us and sharing your time with us. This episode um, is part one of two. We normally, normally, if you're new, we normally release on Mondays and we had um, not released. And so we want to get this episode out to you for um, this potent time. There's a really big new moon happening. And even if you aren't aware of it, 2020 has so much going on that the, the energetics and the rhythms of life are, are um, at play. So we're going to talk in this episode about a little bit about um, manifesting. We'll talk a little bit more about that on Monday, about boundaries and communication and questioning. And I reference a quote that um, came to me as I was chatting with you. So just so you know, some of this is prepared and sometimes I start talking to you and um, these inspirations come through and, and I just trust it and it's fun and I hope it's fun for you. So I reference um, Nisargadatta. Nisargadatta is who had the quote about there's a mountain, there's no mountain, there's a mountain again. And you have to listen to the episode because this is sort of a gem you can put into your pocket. And Nisargadatta wrote the book, um, I Am. So, or the song of I Am is the full title. Um, Thanks for listening. This podcast um, is, I've, I've got some great messages from you guys. And I want you to know that it really makes my day to know that this podcast is, um, cozying up with you in your life that's what it's here for it's here to feed you know that we can choose to consume content that inspires us to um shine to to do what we're here to do to be reminded that goodness does happen that we have a communal experience that we're human um you know if in any small way this helps you do what you're here to do that's actually the lofty goal of it, right? To remind you that things are tricky and there's cycles and there's moments that you have to leap. And that's part of being here. Life is life, my friends. Thanks for sharing it with us. If you enjoy Rebirth, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend, or you can even hit the support button and you can buy me a cup of coffee a month, which is, um, you know, I drink good coffee. So, um, it will help give the time, space, and resources to continue to interview phenomenal beings, to share inspirational stories, and to keep this community, which is what it's growing into, alive. Thanks so much for your time and support. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Hi, family. How are you? It's been two weeks. I had a not so subtle invitation to get quiet and I listened and here I am back sharing with you and next the following week we will have um, our interviews going again so thanks for your patience I know we were kind of in a groove there and you know 2020 I don't think this is an excuse at all I think 2020 is a pattern interrupter and so sometimes for our growth we have to pattern interrupt so that's that's what happened here I am. But I want to tell you a really fun story and share some of the places that I've been um, in these past two weeks. So I posted today um, a quote by Neville Goddard. And I had heard about Neville Goddard, <clears throat> my goodness, maybe it was only like six or seven years ago. Uh, 
beloved friend of mine, Richard Diamond, who lives on the island of Kauai. He's called um, the Kauai Muse. Um, he sends out a newsletter of, a muse letter, not a newsletter, a muse letter of all of the amazing offerings that are happening there. And, and is really just a delightful soul to have a very long cup of coffee with and discuss the brilliance of life and all of its manifestation manifestations and I think manifestation is going to be a, a big word about this podcast but I'm remembering now something I wanted to share with you that um was a quote he shared with me when part of being on Kauai for me was such a such a cultural shift in how things are accomplished and how life is lived that I really you know people be like well how hard could it be it's so beautiful it's like oh, yeah for sure I mean that doesn't my difficulty doesn't change the the truth of how amazing Hawaii is. Um, but I had a pattern of how to accomplish things. And part of the tremendous gift that um, Kauai in particular gave me um, was upending my pattern and teaching me that simply because I perceived life one way and had um, in some ways been very successful in perceiving and living life that way, um, it actually didn't mean that that was the only way or necessarily the right way. And here's the trick. It wasn't the wrong way either. It was the way things had been done until the moment I was being invited and given the gift to consider something differently. I think just in case you're new to this podcast, I really try, I really effort I was a public educator and it was my belief as a public educator to get kids to think, not necessarily to get the kids to think my way, although my high school students would be like, yeah, I know you were going to tell, you know, but um, I wasn't out of the box thinker, but I also taught my students the skills that were mandated by the state for them to be considered equipped to perform um, in any environment that their dreams took them to because I was an English teacher. So my job was um, by the mechanic standard to teach them how to articulate their concepts um, as closely um, as possible to the perfection of their thought in written word, to teach them how to critically analyze something, to question. I've had students, I've really, if you are a student of mine and you are listening, and especially if you are one of the ones that have reached out, I'm going to say this to you directly. I hope you have someone give you the same gift of reaching out and letting you know that something that you did and were passionate about made a difference because that is tremendous. It is tremendous. And so I'm taking this moment right now to say thank you. If you um, emailed me, Facebooked me, IG'd me, I've met some of you for lunch. I have... Um, informally counseled some of you with life questions. I have, um, as adults, as adults. And, um, one of the greatest compliments you guys have given me is that I taught you to see things differently. And I think that is a gift that you giving to me. And I, um, is definitely something that I'm passionate about in this life. And it is something that 2020, um, is definitely asking of all of us, um, to see things differently. So, Okay, a little bit of a tie right there, but okay. So as an educator, I I um I did not always present my personal opinion. In fact, sometimes I would purposely pivot and leave my students baffled because 
I knew that I was by that by the end of my teaching career, especially in high school, I knew that I was respected. And so I knew it was incredibly dangerous to use that power to influence my students to agree with me. I knew that that wasn't fair or a right use of my power. I was pretty honest and open about things that I thought were doing them harm and that they might want to investigate, that maybe they were taking what was said to them at face value and that they had the right to consider things differently and teach them how to question things. And questioning things are not wrong. Questioning allows you to integrate information. So going back even a little further, I was um, raised Catholic and I, my mom, uh, we moved a lot. And so my parents put me in a lot of Catholic schools because if you go to Catholic school, you will, you know, meaning like if you don't know an area, you know, one of the ways that she ensured in her perception, and I agree with her that I would um, maintain a certain level of discipline and integrity was Catholic schools. Cause let me tell you, Catholic schools, you, your, your writing better be good. Your lines better be correct. You know what I mean? No handing and stuff slips shot and stuff like that. Okay. So in sister Pat Robbins class, which I think was my sophomore year at North Catholic in Pittsburgh, might've been my freshman, but I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore. Not really. I'm not going to go look that up. So I was young and on my report card, she said I was a good student, but I asked too many questions <laughs> and, um, another teacher after that had said, that the only way you can internalize your faith is if by questioning it. Now, my faith constructs have grown and changed, not really fundamentally, but my perception of where, where spirituality and concepts of divinity are and how I practice them have definitely evolved since Sister Pat's classroom. But I accredit a lot of my open-mindedness to some of the teachers that I was lucky enough to have in Catholic school that actually invited questioning. Which I know sounds counterproductive, but that was one of the gifts that I've had that I've often had a lot of teachers that taught me that um, to be respectful, to be respectful, uh, meaning that questioning isn't just destroying or saying I don't like something. Questioning is learning how to articulate what you are perplexed about and listen to another side. I was also on the debate team. So I was taught how to debate things that I didn't agree with, which is an invaluable skill because it, it teaches your mind to not be myopic. Anyway, 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 that is my tirade about being neutral. And I want to talk to you guys about manifestation. So let me just dial it back a minute, but okay. So, <laughs> um, I'm not going to edit this. Um, thanks for listening, but I did just go off on a I just did go off on a tirade, but that because I was talking to my students and about how um, how fulfilling it is to know that you've made an impact because a lot of present day choices, you could be left swirling, not knowing if you're the preciousness of your life has made a difference. And I, 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 uh, I know from firsthand experience that everything that you do makes a difference, even if it doesn't notice. So. That dovetails into a story about manifestation. I shared a Neville Goddard. Okay, so the quote, <laughs> this is where we go. The quote that Richard Diamond had um, talked, told me, which he used to say to me all the time, and it took me so long, so long to get it. 
I'm still I'm sure I'm still getting it, but at least getting one iteration of it, as he said. I was like having um crisis of faith. Okay, so now we're back in quiet. I'm done talking about being a high school teacher and about teaching kids to question everything. Um, because there is this idea that when you get to a pinnacle in your life that you understand everything, and that's completely not true. And um, the only way you can understand everything is that if you understand that you don't understand everything and then you stay in the present moment. But we'll go back to quiet. And I was like understanding that I didn't understand everything and that my construct of how life works was singular and not the only thing. And then I'm being presented with a different life. I'm being presented with a lot of philosophical constructs and spiritual constructs and living on land that is entirely alive and kind of having a little bit of a crisis because I'm like, I don't know what I think anymore. And Richard said to me that, um, oh yeah, there's a mountain. There's no mountain. And there's a mountain again. And I was like, what? He said, there's a mountain, there's no mountain, and there's a mountain again. And I don't want to misquote who said that, so I'll tag it in the notes. Um, I'm sure part of my audience is like, Kate, it's, is it Nagadarta that said it? Sri Nagadarta? I'm, uh, Maharishi? I don't, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to pause on Google. So um, I will cite that for you. So, okay, I'm like, all right, there's a mountain, there's no mountain, there's a mountain again. I was like, I don't understand what that means. He's like, well, you you know, you think you understand everything kind of, and then, then you understand you don't, there's no mountain, and then there's a mountain again. And I was like, I still don't understand what that means. And then, um, which I think a lot of people were experiencing in 2020, and I think more will, which is why this is um, coming up now. There are certain points in our life where we have that realization that we don't understand and the constructs that we have created crumbled. There's no mountain. You don't understand how to get out, go up, go down. There's not an answer. The uncomfortability of constructs crumbling can incite in some of us the reaction to running and hiding or forcefully trying to hold those constructs together, like trying to hold up a skyscraper. What I'll say it this way, what life was asking of me in that moment is to go in to the, to the darkness, go into the nothingness. Darkness is often seen as the bad thing, but Darkness is actually the void. It is the no thingness that was like on an Osho tarot card. The no thingness. The nothingness is the no thingness. It is in Hindu concept. There's like this. That was the first place I had heard this, that there's this place that is before there is form. So we're so focused on form that what is it that is the formless? What is the... um place where form comes from what is the womb of the universe the womb is a universal potential that could birth a person so when you go into the no thingness what happens is a part of your constructs a part of your identity and a part of how you filter information kind of perishes i'll just let you sit with that for one sec Dandelion tea. I already had my coffee. And it can be scary. 
if you've ever lost something, you've already gone through this, where you're like, this is my marriage, this is my job, this is my vocation, this is how I think this person is in my life, this is, um, you know, whatever, this is where I live, you know, and then you have to let something go. And sometimes between the old and the new, you hit into like a place of transition. And that is not exactly what I'm, the depth of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like major transition. One of those can be the thing, but this isn't just like, oh, I'm kind of uncomfortable. This is like, you hit that place where you're like, I don't, I don't know which is the next way now. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So the great thing is, is that if you, if you surrender to the not knowing, to the nothingness, to the no thingness, to the potentiality, just like winter where things are fallow, something else arises. But you have to surrender the plants, those beautiful flowers, that, that, that autumn harvest that you, you say, oh, this is so juicy. Look at this fruition. And then what happens? It just disappears. It's gone. That form is gone. The fields cannot always produce. It needs to lie fallow. The nutrients of that fruit, some of it falls to the earth. All of those nutrients get consumed into the nothingness, the, the formlessness, so that it may bear fruit again. Tricky place to be. Tricky place to be. And I think it's a tricky place to be because that you can have the support of other people and you can go out and like think of other concepts and listen to a podcast or read a book or sit with a friend and talk. And those are all really good things to do. Like I had Richard saying to me, you know, there's a mountain, there's no mountain, there's a mountain again. And when I started to understand what it meant and I was like, well, if there's no mountain and nothing is what it seems, then why would I, why would I have another mountain? It's just going to fade away. My answer to that, which may not be your answer, is because you're here. Because life ends up having this undeniably rich availability to birth the new. And that's why you're here. It actually helps to lose a little bit of attachment to things. I remember when I first heard about like the Buddhist concept of not having desire. And I was like, why would you, I'm from the East Coast. Why would you not have desire? You wouldn't do anything. If you didn't desire anything, then why would you even go to work? What would that be? Like, why would you even blah, 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 blah. But I didn't understand that that reaction to that concept was evaluation of my worth based on my external. And that in my interpretation of the Buddhist concept of having no desire it means you can reside in the present moment or you can accept that things you love will come and things you love will go because that's happening. That is going to happen. You cannot control life and you cannot stop death. No, you can't. I remember when I had uh, met a man by the name of Dr. Yontin and he is a Tibetan physician and he was on Kauai giving a talk and he was talking about how his mother talked to him at a very young age about having a good death. And he said in his English, you know, that might seem very difficult for this culture to understand. But actually in Tibetan culture, one of the ideas, the values that a mother would be concerned with is that she would prepare her, her child to have a beautiful death. Because in a beautiful death, 
there is a lived life. There's a mountain. There's no mountain. There's a mountain again. I think 2020 is asking us to um, think about the things that we have. I think 2020 is taking things away. And you either let it get taken or it will rip it out of your hands. And I think there's a lot of division right now, which is the opposite of creative energy. So the, the Neville, so, okay. So Richard Diamond was also the person that introduced me to Neville Goddard. And the quote that I recently shared, although I'm just name dropping, you know why I'm name dropping? I'm name dropping because it, it gives the people that I hold close to my heart, it, it sends them gratitude in my mind. And, and plus if they're people that you can find online then you can learn what they're saying for yourself, you know? Um, so recently my friend Joe Longo, um, who does a 21 day manifestation, highly recommend it. Next one's coming up in November. Um, he was sharing Neville Goddard and like kind of brought that name back. I was like, Oh yeah, I haven't read him in a while. So this quote, um, prayer, is an elevation of the mind to that which it wishes to see, wants to see. So if you want to make change in your life, but you keep telling yourself it can't happen, then you are dropping your mind down into some, to, into an, uh, an obstruction as opposed to trying to find neutrality or elevating your mind into giving you permission to birth a new way of things going. So that would mean sort of like you looking at the cucumber plant and being like, it's dead, it's dead, it's never gonna come back. Then someone's like, um, actually like the cucumbers, you can, they're gonna, you can plant new ones next year. No, I will never have that cucumber again. You're like, Kate, that's ridiculous. Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to tell you. I can will never have that cucumber again and that and I can't have that one and so it's never going to work and that cucumber is never going to be the same that would be turning towards destruction and obstruction the other choice would be saying something like I don't know where I'll get new seeds from neutrality but possibility elevating your mind would be like I cannot wait to taste the crisp hydration and deliciousness of cucumbers next year elevation and insuredness assuredness of, of um, realization i think this is going to be a two-parter kids i think this is going to be a two-parter i wanted this to come out to you for the new moon because this new moon is asking you to release let go even if you don't understand how create some space in your mind to let what has been trying to fall away fall. If you're confused, give your confusion. Just be like, I am so confused, I need help. If you are scared, I am so scared, I need help. If you're angry, anger is actually a boundary for fear. Something, something in your boundary field has not been upheld. And that is your nervous system telling you, I need space. Turn off the TV maybe for a minute. Even if you like what you're seeing, turn off 
get away. Stop consuming. Because if you're filling, 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 you can't empty, empty, empty to bring in the new. You know, I used to watch some people say like, oh, you know, when I'm, when I don't know what to do or I'm stuck between tasks, I do a little dance. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Just being honest with you. I know that it's a good practice. I understand it's a good practice. I'm also telling you I'm human. And that used to be my response. But you know what? 2020, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to dance. Music switches your mind fast. Most of us have been sitting too much because we've been cooped up in our house. Get going. Move your body, put on a song, smile, think about one thing that is holding you down, give it away. There's a mountain, there's no mountain, there's a mountain again. Give some space, question everything, including yourself. Because one of the coolest things about the human brain which can work to your benefit and to maybe your deficit is that you have these subconscious thoughts and they're actually running the show. So if you question yourself when you're having a negative thought, you're pattern interrupting your own conception of reality. I know it sounds like a really big deal, but it actually works. So if you pattern interrupt, what you can do is at least create little cracks for potential to seep through. Yeah. Think about it. Jot something down. Scream it out to the wind. Believe that you can somehow, even if you don't know how yet, be a part of next year's summer. Think about it. I'll come back at you soon. Leave me a message. Let me know how it goes. Have a beautiful day, everybody.